I don't know why you clap for that. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I do want to welcome all of you at all of our campuses, meeting throughout the Twin Cities today. So glad you made it to church. You know, coming to church on a day like this says something about your heart, about your priorities, so way to go. I also want to welcome those of you who are joining us online today around the country and world. We know you're out there and you're a part of our church, so we welcome you as well. And we are kicking off a new series today. So glad you're here for this from the, from the book of Proverbs called A Little Bit of Wisdom. Hopefully we're going to give you a little more wisdom than you saw right there on that little video. Uh, because a little bit of wisdom, I believe, can save your life. A little bit of wisdom can save your relationships, your career, your money, your health, just like you need coffee every day. At least I do. You and I need a shot of wisdom every single day. Proverbs has 31 chapters in it. When I was a teenager, I read through the book of Proverbs. Uh, every day I read, I read a chapter a day, 31 days. I'd, I'd get to the end of the month and I'd start all over again. I've read through the book of Proverbs hundreds of times. If you looked inside my Bible, there's no other book in the Bible that's marked up like the book of Proverbs in my Bible here today. It taught me how to work, how to avoid debt, how to avoid foolish people, manage my anger, and make great decisions. I want you to see what the book of Proverbs says about wisdom. Solomon is writing to his sons. He says, blessed is the man or person. Blessed is the person who finds wisdom. She, meaning wisdom, is more profitable than silver, has better returns than gold. Nothing you desire can compare with wisdom. Long life is in her right hand, riches and honor are in her left hand, all her paths lead to peace. The Bible says that wisdom is the pathway to long life, riches, honor, and peace. I don't know anybody who doesn't want those things. And not just, you know, not just material riches, but riches in the broadest sense of the word, you know, relational riches. Riches with regard to accomplishment and well-being in our life. So in this series, we're going to focus on four pieces of wisdom. There's so much wisdom in Proverbs, but just four main themes that I think give us the best shot for a long, full, uh, blessed life. Because here's what I believe. I think the main difference between people who flourish in life and people who don't is wisdom. I really believe that. I'm not saying wise people don't have problems because they do. All of us, no matter who we are, have problems. But these four pieces of wisdom, I believe, are the foundation for the best life possible. And so for today, the first piece of wisdom I want to I present to you is, Proverbs says, choose great paths. I want to ask a question. Just think about this question. What path are you on right now? What path or paths are you on right now? Every single one of us are on a path that's leading to a predictable destination. So what path are you on and where is that path leading? Think five years from now. The path that you're presently on, where is that leading? Five, ten years down the road. Because here's what I believe. The path you're on right now is the best predictor of where you're going to end up in the future. 
So what path, what paths are you on right now? I just got back from a four-day backpacking canoe trip to a remote spot on the Minnesota-Canadian border with three other guys who are my very close friends. At one point, we stood under a tarp for five hours in the pouring rain, wet, cold, 40 degrees. It's a place we call the hog hole, and we've been going there for 30 years to catch big walleyes. And this is one of my friends, Bill Butters, uh, former hockey guy, of course, missing his teeth. Uh, that's about an eight-pound walleye. We release all the big ones. But we go there to catch walleyes, listen to the wolves howl at night, and fry fish open and open fire. It's my favorite place on the planet, actually, that's so far back in the wild that very few people know about where it is. But at the right time, it's, it's just loaded with big fish. Don't even ask me where it is. And, you know, and whenever I tell a story about the hog hole, I get about you know, a stack full of emails. Hey, will you draw me a map? Why would I draw you a map? I mean, the last thing I want is 20,000 church people sitting in my, my fishing spot when I show up. So don't even ask. I'm glad you're clapping. Thank you for that. It's a little selfish, I know. But honestly, most people wouldn't even want to go there because what lies between the hog hole and the comforts of TV and Twinkies are eight hours of torture. It is torture. Of knee-gashing, vein-bursting, blister-popping, shoulder-ripping, portaging, and canoeing. It takes a full day of paddling and portaging, 18-foot canoes, 60-pound packs, until your muscles just scream for relief. Everything that we have is carried on our backs, including food, tents, sleeping bag, cooking ware, you name it. We carry in a dozen, 20 dozen minnows, 20 dozen minnows sealed in large plastic bags with oxygen and water. It's craziness. One portage is so punishing, we call it the billy goat portage because you have to be a goat to get over it. I've seen strong strapping men collapse halfway up this rocky cliff with a canoe over their head and just lay there in exhaustion, unable to get up. But you can't lay there too long because clouds of black flies and mosquitoes swarm to your sweat and your blood. So you gotta get up. Some trips are extra hard because of high winds, driving rains, or an outbreak of biting black flies that you can't escape. We have flipped canoes, had packs ripped open by bears. We had three close calls over the years with guys who overturned in deep current and almost lost their life. But every year, we get back on this same path because of where it leads to the pole-bending thrill of a hog hole walleye. This is my brother-in-law, Ozzy. This was 10 days ago. That's about a five-pound fish, and we release all these big ones. One of the realities of life, I don't know if you've discovered this, but one of the realities of life is that nothing great ever comes easy. Have you notice this? Nothing great ever comes easy. Great marriages take years of walking down the same path of sacrifice and effort and overlooking idiosyncrasies that drive us insane. Takes years. 
to form a great marriage. Same with great careers. Takes years of focus and tenacity and showing up to work and doing a hard day's work every single day, day after day, until you're bored stiff. Great friendships, great kids, great churches, nothing great ever comes easy. But I'm telling you, if you stay on this difficult path, the right path will lead to a great life filled with walleyes. So once again, what path are you on? Honestly, every one of us are on a path. What path are you on and where is that path leading? What relational, educational, financial, and spiritual path are you on right now? Because I'm telling you, gang, the path you're on right now is the best predictor of where you're gonna end up in the future. Look at the Bible says about being on wise paths in Proverbs chapter four. Again, Solomon talking to his sons, he's pleading with them. He says, look, accept what I say so the years of your life will be many. I will instruct you in wisdom and lead your feet along straight paths. Don't set foot on the path of the wicked. There are wicked people living in the world today. Don't walk with them. Don't walk in the way of evil doers. Solomon says, avoid that path like the plague. Don't get on that path, turn from it, go on your way. Listen, please, my sons, listen to my words, for they are what? Life, fullest degree of life to those who find them, and health to one's whole Body. Let me like make a couple observations about this passage. First of all, again, all of us are currently walking down certain paths. Every single one of you, and myself included, we are currently on a financial path of some sort, a fitness path, or lack thereof of some for, sort, a, a relational path, learning path, and all of us are walking down a spiritual or moral path of some kind, every single one of us. Second observation, each one of these paths has a predictable destination. Again, whatever financial, relational, or spiritual path you're on right now will absolutely determine your destination. It's predictable. If you wanna predict where you're gonna end up in the future, five, 10, 20 years from now, look at your current path. And by the way, if you're parents, look at the path your kids are on. It has a predictable outcome. Third observation, wise paths lead to a great life. Bad paths, foolish paths lead to a lousy life. Look what Solomon says about this. Pay attention. Think about it. As you go home from church today, talk about this in your car, wherever you might be online. Think about it. Pay attention to it so that, here's the reason, so that your years may be many and your life will be full of health. So again, what paths are you on? And have you ever walked down a path that you regret? All of us have, I have. Especially as a pastor of a large church, I hear about it all the time. People who are on, a, on an overspending path that just damages their financial future. Or parents who are on an over-drinking, over-indulging, misbehaving path. And they end up losing their kids to the same stuff. Or singles 
who are on a partying, hooking up path and end up diminishing their relational future. Most foolish thing you can ever do. Or people who are on a neglecting church and faith path and end up losing their soul. Any number of regrettable paths, I'm telling you, that lead to predictable outcomes. And by the way, the key word is eventually. You know, some people think, you know, I'm just going to zigzag all over the place while I'm young. It's not going to hurt me. No big deal. But if you're on a bad relational path right now, if you're on a bad financial or moral path, it's going to hurt you sooner or later. Maybe not right away, but eventually all these choices turn into well-worn paths, I'm telling you, that lead to a predictable destination. Now the good news is this, that you can get off a bad path today if you're on one. If you made some mistakes, and we all do, don't keep making them. Don't keep repeating the same mistakes that you've made. Proverbs 26, 11, like a dog that returns to its vomit. I can't understand why my dog will puke and then go and eat it. And Solomon's saying, don't do that. Why would you ever do that? Like a dog that returns, it's a fool who just keeps repeating his folly. The only thing worse than going down a bad path once is going down it a second, third, and fourth time. Don't do that. Get off that path. Get on a better one. With God's help, I'm telling you, people get on new paths every single day, and so can you, and so can I. But how do we do it? Well, here's how I believe you get on the path, great paths, that lead to a long life of riches, honor, and peace. Number one, you gotta walk with wise people. Who are your friends? Those who walk with the wise, says Solomon, will become wise. But those, those who are a companion of fools will suffer harm. Are you walking with wise people? Who are your friends? Take a good look at your friends. Study out of Duke University found this. The quality of your friends will absolutely determine the quality of your life. So look at your friends. If your friends are wise, honest, and dependable, then chances are you're going to be wise, honest, and dependable. But if your friends are fools, you're in trouble. So who are you walking with? And equally important, who do you need to avoid and stay clear of? Who do you need to walk away from and don't get near them? And I might add this, what are you reading these days? What wise person or persons are you reading or podcasts that you're listening to on a regular basis? Everywhere I go, this has just been a lifelong habit. I have at least two books with me that I'm reading from wise people. They're, they're companions, they're friends that I'm walking with, even though they're not there presently with me, constantly helping me stay on wise paths. I can't tell you. How many people over the years I've talked to have come up to me with just layers of problems, like an onion. You peel one and there's another one. They're peeling just layers of problems. But when I ask them what they're reading, they say nothing. <laughs> nothing on relationships. Nothing on parenting. Nothing on spiritual growth or money management. 
Consequently, they have a wisdom deficit that nobody can fill. And that makes them make bad decisions every single day or week. Solomon says, look, those who walk with the wise, those who read from wise people will become wise, but a companion of fools will absolutely suffer harm. I've told you this story a few years ago, but when my brother John and I were in our 20s, we weren't as wise as we are today. And one time we were duck hunting with a couple other guys who were equally unwise, and we were paddling up a small river. And uh, we noticed that there were a group of ducks about 200 yards up this small little stream. And so my brother immediately said, Bob, you and I will sneak through the woods and telling these other two guys, then you guys kind of paddle up through the river, flush the ducks or, you know, whatever, and we'll all get shooting. But Bob, you and I, we're going to sneak up through the woods and come down through the high grass and get in position near where these ducks are. Dumbest thing we've ever done put ourselves right in the line of shooting. So John and I got in position. The other two came up river. The ducks burst into the air. We stood to shoot, and wham, we got sprayed by shotgun you know, pellets. I got hit in the forehead. My brother got hit in the arm and hand. And immediately I thought, this was just so stupid. And we, you know, we, we stood there, and but what was even stupider is we'd just been shot. Blood was kind of trickling down into my eyes. So I yelled, John, I've been hit. No kidding. This is what my brother said. So have I. Keep shooting. <laughs> and so I did. I actually dropped a big black duck. And, and then I dropped because I was getting woozy. There, but it was just so stupid. And then we had to paddle 10 miles out to Ely, drive to a hospital, and have the BB surgically removed from my head. Solomon says, a companion of fools suffer harm. No kidding. <laughs> we never went hunting with those two fools again. And come to think of it, they never hunted with us again. But I've heard so many people say, I've heard so many people say, Bob, I was doing so well. But then I met this group of friends. And I started doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Going places I shouldn't have been going. I drifted from God, church, faith, and family. And now my life's a rip-roaring mess. Can you help me? I've heard, gang, I've heard that same sad story so many times. Just talked to a young man who attends our church this week, attending one of our universities. He was doing well. I said, how you doing? And then I said, you behaving yourself? Ah, just joined a fraternity and you know, I could see it. I'm telling you who you hang with, who your kids hang with, is everything. The first way to find wise path is walk with the wise. Second way is start now. <laughs> start today. Not tomorrow, not a year from now, not when you graduate. Start walking down great paths today. If, not, if life isn't going well for you, there are reasons for that. Every path has a predictable destination. And if I could just say a word to the 20s 
who are listening today, man, don't waste your 20s. Don't do that. If you wasted your 20s, then don't waste your 30s or 40s, 50s, or 60s. If you're 79, go ahead and waste a few days. I mean, you, that's fine. You, you deserve it. But I'm telling you, it is a big mistake, big mistake to think that you can just drift through your 20s, wandering all, down all kinds of sketchy paths without any direction. I'm now in my 60s. I never thought I'd be 60. It just went like this. But what I've learned is you don't have a lot of time to waste. You don't have time to waste to get educated, acquire skills, gain experience, build a career, make money, and start a family. That's a lot to do in a relatively short period of time. And if you waste your 20s, you'll be a decade behind. Uh, I've recommended this book before, The Defining Decade, Why Your 20s Matter by Meg Jay. Fantastic book. Jay is a clinical psychologist uh, from the University of Virginia, and she specializes in working with 20-somethings. She also has a, a, a TED Talk out. I just watched it this week. Fantastic. 15 minutes. You ought to watch it. Every single one of us ought to watch this TED Talk. I don't believe she's a believer, a Christian, but man, what she says is true. She writes these words. She says, while important events take place from birth through death, obviously, those that determine the, the years ahead are most heavenly concentrated during the 20-something years. She says about 80% of life's most significant events take place by age 35. So true. Education, skill development, career track, marriage, home purchase, starting a family. So she counsels 20-somethings who aren't ready for life. She describes how aggravated she gets while sitting in front of a 20-something who floats into her office holding a $6 latte. Insane. For me. Not for you, but for me. She flops down on her couch, kicks off her toms, and constantly interrupts their session by checking her phone. Jay says, this drives me crazy. She says these words, I've seen countless 20-somethings spend too many years without drive or direction. What's worse are the tears shed by 30 and 40-somethings who are now paying a steep price economically and romantically because they squandered their 20s. Her message is this, don't waste your 20s. Get on the education path, work path, skill development path, healthy relationships path, and get off the aimless bar hopping, hooking up, and waiting for your real life to start path. I don't mean this Honestly, I don't mean this in an arrogant way whatsoever. I don't mean there's not a hint of boasting in what I'm about to tell you. This is just what I know. But our two kids heard this message from us all their lives. By the way, there's no guarantee when you're raising kids. Parents, you can do everything right and your kids can still go sideways. But both our kids were working by age 12. Both of them. They were gaining skills at age 12, making contacts, getting a leg up on every kid 
who is sitting at home playing video games and drinking smoothies. By the way, going to soccer practice and drinking juice boxes isn't work. I think some parents think, well, he's in sports. That's his work. That's not work. And, you know, why do kids need juice boxes and snacks after every soccer practice anyway? Don't get me going on juice boxes. I mean, it's just insanity. Give them a water hose. That's what we got if they, you know, if there was one available. Good grief. I'm just unbelievable. Talk about entitlement. Unreal. It's like they're going to starve before they get home. Give me a break. At age 24, my daughter had her master's degree in education psychology and a job in the public schools. At age 25, 24, my son had his law degree and a job in a law firm in Minneapolis, and now he takes me golfing, praise God. <laughs> no kidding. What a day when your son pays for your golf. That's a glorious day. <laughs> they both went to college, they played sports, worked as many jobs as they could, got internships. They stayed sexually pure all through their teens, waited till marriage. Kids can do that. Parents, talk to your kids about this. By the way, the, the, the percentage of kids who are remaining sexually pure is rising in our country, near 40% now and rising. They are the smart ones. They're the ones who get it. They're the ones who are building a future for their future spouse. Way to go, those of you who are doing that. They did that through their teens and 20s, my kids, and now it's paying off in their 30s. If you are on a bad path, or if your kids are on a bad path, my advice is get off that path. Get on a better one and start today. If you don't know how to do it, get some advice. Ask for help. Read the book of Proverbs. Start in chapter one, do a chapter a day. Get a couple of good books, start reading them. I actually wrote a book on the book of Proverbs. It's actually a pretty good book. It's never too late. Gang, it's never too late to get on a better path. Never too late. Might be harder because of past mistakes. Might take you longer, but I know people who got a master's degree at age 45 and fulfilled a dream. I know people who lost their first marriage, learned from it, and have a great second marriage. I know people who failed to impact their kids spiritually. They dropped the ball, but they're dialed into their grandkids and now making a difference. Never too late to get on a better path. Finally today, ask God, ask God to lead you because God will. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is my life verse. When I was a teenager, I read this verse in the book of Proverbs, and I said, if I live my life by this verse, my life is going to go well, as well as it possibly can. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Bob. Don't rely, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, every single one of your ways, acknowledge God and he will, not if, not maybe, God will direct your paths. When you acknowledge God and submit to God in all your ways, 
When you say to God, God, I'm going to submit every part of my life to you, my dating life, spending, friendships, career, marriage, and kids, God says, I will direct your life. I will lead you down great paths. The question is, will we trust him to do it? And will we trust his timing? Some of you are waiting for that special person to drift into your life, and you think, God, when? And you're tempted to do something you shouldn't. Will you trust God that he loves you? And if you submit to him in all areas of life, that he will lead you and he will bless you in that area. <laughs> Several years ago, my wife and I vacationed in Phoenix and I wanted to play golf, so I went to a golf course and I showed up and I was a single, didn't have anybody to play with, so the pro said I'd be golfing with a guy by the name of Herbeck. I said, Kent Herbeck? He said, who's that? I said, of the Minnesota Twins, two-time World Series champ. He said, I don't know, might be your lucky day. Well, it wasn't Kent. It was Terry Herbeck, a 55-year-old real estate guy, nice guy, visiting his mom. And then two other guys got teamed up with us. Lee and CJ uh, were in their 30s, you know, and they drank and cussed a lot, but nice enough guys who I definitely wanted to beat. I wanted to beat Herbeck too, but I, I really wanted to beat Lee and CJ who talked big and had an attitude. So we shook hands on the first tee. Lee and CJ swung and swore and off we went. Of course, it was bound to happen. About hole seven, uh, they said, say, what do you two guys do for a living? <laughs> and Terry, my partner, said, well, I'm in real estate, and they chatted about that. And then Lee looked at me and said, so what about you? I said, look, if I tell you what I do, it's going to ruin your whole round. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, I'll bet you're a bleeping proctologist. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's what I am, a proctologist. <laughs> but I leaned over to Terry, and I told him, I whispered in his ear that I was a pastor, and he just smiled from ear to ear. Terry said, yeah, that's what he is, a proctologist. Well, <laughs> the subject didn't come up again until the 17th hole. And CJ said to Lee, you know, he still hasn't come clean, trying to pry it out of me. And I hit my tee shot, and Terry said, well, that's a pastor's bounce for you. <laughs> And C.J. Lee spun around and said, you're a pastor? I said, yeah, good luck on these final two holes. <laughs> Lee got so nervous, he almost missed his tee shot. <laughs> C.J. had such a bad hole that he broke his nine iron over his lap and threw it into the lake. <laughs> and I just cruised to victory, man. It was beautiful. But I think the reason some people get nervous around pastors is sometimes they have areas in their life that are a little embarrassing. Their paths are a little crooked, and so they feel exposed, as if it's actually God who might be watching, and it's just me. And when their whole game fell apart on that last, those last two holes, my sense was that was probably true of other areas in their lives as well. And what I wished for Lee and CJ more than anything else 
And gang, what I wish for all of you, because I love you, I want your lives to go well, was that they would come to know the same Jesus that I know, that they would put their full trust in him and acknowledge him in every area of their life so that their paths would go straight. So again, what path are you on? What relational, financial, career, and spiritual paths are you on, and where are they leading you? And parents, if you have kids, what path are your kids on? The best chance for your kids to go down great paths, parents, is for you to go down and stay on great paths. If you get wobbly in your faith, if you get wobbly in your relationships and whatever you're doing in life, if you go off certain, I can tell you your kids see that. Their best chance of turning out is for you to be a parent of honor and integrity. If you feel like you're missing a life that's filled with riches, honor, and peace. If you feel like your life has been one disappointment after another and you can't seem to get out of that rut, don't stay there. All it takes is one step to get off a bad path onto a better one. If you're in financial trouble, take a step toward Financial Peace University. If you're addicted, Take a step toward Quest 180, our addiction recovery program. If you're struggling in relationships, take a step toward counseling. Ask for help. Walk with the wise. Ask God to lead you, and he will direct your paths. At all campuses, let's pray together, those online as well. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this book. God, I thank you for your patience with me a sinner who needs your forgiveness and needs your wisdom every single day because, God, I get wobbly too. But I just pray for every single person hearing these words that they will think about and I will think about the paths we're on. And, God, I pray if some of us are on bad paths that you will help us get on paths that lead to life, riches, honor, and peace. We need you. We love you. We came because we trust you and believe in you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us.